Welcome back to the Intim Podcast. Today we got a very special guest. Would you like to uh, to introduce yourself? What's up, everybody? Uh, this is Daniel Liu. Uh, I'm the CEO of Accrue, and uh, yeah, I, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> glad to have you. So we're going to start off with a funny question. How did the Accrue form originally? Because a lot of people just always like meme about it, but do you mind like let us know how Accrue for, uh, formally like are they formed? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, no, so yeah, I mean, it, it's very true. You know, we are the Animal Crossing org. Uh, but but essentially, you know, back in 2020, um, you know, I made a website that went pretty viral. Um, that's essentially, you know, it's like a Facebook marketplace or a Craigslist for Animal Crossing. Yeah. Um, and that site went viral. Um, you know, we had, you know, I went from having like 10 users to having like, 30 million within the first month. Uh, and so wow. we've been working on Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. So pretty viral website. Um, probably still the, the, you know, the most viral thing that we've done. Um, and I took that and I kind of expanded it out to a multitude of games. So, you know, uh, the new platform is called Tradery. Uh, and we have over 35 games on there. So we support a lot of games like Roblox, um, Diablo, Rocket League is another big one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are, those are the, that's kind of what we do uh, on the daily. And that's honestly like, you know, 80, you know, 70 to 80% of my week, my week is, uh, is in working on the website. Um, but in 2021, we were kind of thinking, we're like, Hey, you know, you know, being a website is really cool. You know, uh, having, having a website and operating is awesome, but it's really hard to kind of build uh, a story around that, build a brand around that. Right. Mm-hmm. So one of the yeah. options that we thought of is starting an esports team. So late in 2021, around October, November, um, I just, you know, we decided to go out and look at, you know, what does it look like to, to start up an esports team? Um, we picked up easy five. Uh, you know, back then. And then, you know, <laughs> I honestly had no idea at the time, like how well it would go, you know, what, what we were doing and things like that. Yeah. Um, but obviously it's kind of took off, you know, we had our whole uh, 35 win streak uh, back then, you know, beating, uh, you know, pretty much every T2 tournament out there. Um, and then, yeah, the, the rest is history. You know, we've been, we've been grinding ever since. Damn. What a what a jump! What an evolution! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you guys have for the sure, most uh, sure. interesting one because you know a lot of orgs they start with games like League of Legends, they start with Apex, they start with Halo, and then they branch off. You guys started off with a little game, not little game, but you know, a pretty smaller game compared to them uh, in Animal Crossing, and then you guys just exploded on that because now you guys have a Rocket League. Yeah, I know. Right? I mean, um, it's it's actually really interesting. You know, I think that one of the things I've learned being in gaming is that you know, uh. I would say Twitch isn't everything, right? Twitch is Twitch is uh, a really good way, I guess, to gauge games. But there are games out there that are way bigger than the games that we think, um, you know, that we think is what's popular, just because yeah. that's what we see in the media, right? Or that's what we see streamers playing, right? Like one of the examples that I'm a big fan of right now um, is Stumble Guys. I know you guys have heard of Stumble Guys, I but um, essentially, you guys have heard of Fall Guys, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Fall Guys, essentially, Stumble Guys almost a complete ripoff of fall guys. Right. Um, but the, the interesting thing about it is, um, that, yeah, somebody saw out there fall guys wasn't doing well, right. Obviously you, you all know about the kind of the decline of fall guys. Um, they went and built uh, a similar game, uh, but they made the net code better. They made, you know, they made skins, you know, they really pushed levels and they also, um, made it. The big thing was they made it for mobile as well. So it works Mm -hmm. on, you know, iPhone and Android. Um, and the craziest thing is, you know, Stumble Guys is actually bigger than Fall Guys. And even though you see all these streamers and things like that playing Fall Guys, um, Stumble Guys is actually way bigger. It's got way more users playing it at, at once. 
um, you know, many, many more users playing it, uh, you know, on the app store. It's like the number like one game in the, in the iPhone app store or something like oh, that. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, it's pretty incredible, but I, I was just saying the, the main point is that, you know, um, like just because, you know, animal crossing isn't big on Twitch or it was only big at that one time. There's still hundreds of thousands of people that use our site every day, which is yeah. pretty nuts. Um, I think, uh, I think it's just because, yeah, just cause you don't see it in the media. doesn't mean it's not, it's not huge, you know? Mm-hmm. So there, uh, the initial when you first started your esports, when you started signing the Valorant and you started starting uh, signing Rock, like the Rocket League team, did you ever initiate sure. a thing like, damn, like this is like harder than I thought it would be, or were you like, okay, I kind of understand the grasp of like how do you know do a contract? You have to take care of your players, you have to get a management team, you have to do all that. Like, how was like what was like the biggest uh, struggle when you first started like making the esports team? Sure, sure, sure. I, I think, um, yeah, I think that I think the biggest struggle was probably just learning kind of like the landscape of things. I would say like contracts, you know, team management, all that kind of stuff I've done before, um, you know, in, in other careers and stuff like that, not with specifically with gaming. Um, but I actually that that part of it, I actually found um, surprisingly easier than I thought it was going to be. Um, I thought that um, Esports orgs have it a lot more together than they do, and I, yeah, you know, not not gonna name any names, but I feel like some esports orgs out there are just kind of winging it. You know, they're kind of yeah. just going along with uh, what they can do, right? Yeah. Um. So coming and and me coming from tech and uh, you know uh, with my past jobs and stuff like that, I'm very used to doing contracts, very used to doing uh, making sure everything is um, you know tight, you know, sealed tightly, and and, and making sure everything is logistically correct. Um, so that, that front, you know, it's really, really surprising. A lot of, a lot of players and a lot of the coaches that we've had, um, they'll say, wow, like you do everything so legit, you know, like, oh, like, you know, all these contracts are so legit. Everything is so legit. Like compared to some of these crazy orgs, orgs, even if you can like quote unquote it, um, have, have done for them. Right. So I think that's, um, one of the things, like I said, that was a little bit easier, but I think the harder part was kind of like, uh, almost being a new org and dealing with those kinds of things. So, I mean, a lot, of, like I said, a lot of these orgs um, that some of these players have done in the past, because especially with a new sport, like, like Valorant, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bad people out there. There's a lot of scammers. There's a lot of people who, you know, yeah. didn't pay their players, didn't pay their coaches, stuff like that. Um, and so a lot of players coming in are really sus, you know, of you, like they, they don't yeah. really know, um, you know, what's going to happen. So, they, uh, they, I think overcoming that, you know, becoming a legitimate org, you know, showing people that we're legit, um, was a, was a big struggle, um, you know, kind of when we first entered the scene. So like without, so when you guys first started, how did you go about trying to like find players and coaches? Did you just go, Oh, this guy's kind of popular. This guy looks good. Like, how did you guys go about actually finding the individual people? Yeah, yeah. So um, our GM, um, Sasha, she's actually she used to be a, a general manager for Complexity, and she and okay. the connection there. She actually was like the one number one user on our website for the longest time. <laughs> so that's actually how we know really? each other. Uh, and she's the one that kind of suggested, like, hey, I was like, well, I asked her a lot of questions. I was like, hey, like, how do we get into esports? You know, what what do we do with scouting and stuff? She's like, yeah, I built um, a ton of teams uh, before for like Heroes of the Storm, a couple of, a couple of these older esports games out there. And she's like, yeah, I can help you like look if you want i was like for sure and so uh yeah I, I think that's where i learned the whole process of just like look at these free agent teams um you know analyzing them taking a look seeing what we want and and 
and we definitely gauge. I think on a lot of factors that other orcs don't, you know, I want to give our secret sauce away, but I think yeah. that we, we do like ask a lot of questions are important that I think other teams don't necessarily think of when they, when they uh, are looking for players. Right. Um, so I, I think, I think it's a combination of that. And then another combination of just like, uh, being very player first, I, I know a lot of orcs say that, but I think that we definitely take a, a lot of our players' opinions into account when we are making decisions about the team or making decisions, um, you know, as a whole. Uh, so I think those two kind of aspects, uh, really help our team building and, uh, be unique compared to some of these other orgs. Yeah. Because, uh, you're actually funny enough. You're not the first person from a crew we got, we got, we're good friends with, uh, Lincoln. Yeah, you're gen- yep. the Valorant general yep. manager. So, like talking to him, he was like very, he was like very relaxed, and he was like, he was saying a lot of positive things about uh, a crew, because like you guys were like, you guys feel like more of like a family, and like you guys feel like yep. surprisingly, because I know like on social media, your numbers like following might not be as big as the other orgs, but it just feels like more of just like a connection compared yeah. to the other orgs, because some orgs try to force it. Of course, we're not going to say names, but some orgs like yeah, try yeah, to yeah. force that. Oh, we're friendly. We're friendly. We're like a family. It's like no, it doesn't feel like it. You just want our money. Yeah. So, but it's like <laughs> for some, but like for you guys, it's been, it's kind of nice to see like a, a breath of fresh air where it's like, okay, like yeah. you guys are a good because I, I don't know. Uh, did you by any chance get any result back to the franchising for the Valorant? Can't talk about that. I can't talk about that yet. Um, you oh, know, we're still, okay. we're still, uh, <laughs> yeah, because... I know you try to slip it in. I uh, know, no, we, uh, we will make an announcement about it soon. Um, and, and we did, we did a result. I'll tell you guys that, but, um, we haven't made an announcement on which way it's going yet. And we, uh, and, and so we'll be putting out a video actually, I guess preview for you guys. I don't know when this podcast is going out, but this will um, be... announcement will probably be going out within the next few days here. Yeah. This will probably be yeah. out next week or the mm. week after. Next week or no- week okay, after. yeah. Then so so the announcement will be out, but by, by the time this episode drops, but okay, um, yeah, we'll be making an announcement within the next few days here on um, you know, on on where our position is with franchising, um, but yeah, I mean, um, sorry, um, other than that, uh, sorry, what was the, the previous question? Other than franchising, franchising, uh, I'm just distracted. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Uh, no, I felt like that you guys are like more of like a family. So like. Did you, when, right, you right, hire, right, yeah. when you guys hire like your players and you guys hire your family, do you more, look at more personality and be like, hey, you might be good at pl- like a, as a player, but like we don't know how you are as a person as well. Do you always take that into factor like for your GMs, your players, your coaches and all that? 100%, 100%. I think that, um, like I said, it, uh, it's like one of the many factors that we look at, I think that some other orgs don't also look at, you know, a lot of people, you'll see these guys getting signed that are just like, oh, they're, they're cracked and ranked or like, you know, they're, they're dropping tons of kills in, uh, in, uh, in on other T2 teams. Um, but I think I interview every, I personally um, interview every single one of the players that we bring on, um, just to make sure that, uh, you know, they fit the vibe and honestly it is like a vibe check um as as basic as it sounds um you know we ask some basic questions just to make sure that um they'll fit along with kind of our entire culture as an esports org um and yeah the whole family aspect i mean we push that pretty hard i mean um for the boot camp as well as the uh the first uh land that we did as a team um i came out uh down there and hung out with the guys for the for a, a few days each time um, just to make sure that, you know, they know me, you know, they know what we're about. You know, we want to make sure that um, the, the whole the whole entire uh, team knows you know, what a crew is is uh, trying to push forward with our with our entire esports. Right. So I think that, um, yeah, it is really important to have that family aspect um, and, and really push for it. And um, the followers and stuff, I think, will come kind of come naturally. Right. Like, we'll we'll keep working on it. We'll keep pushing it. Um, but we don't have to kind of force it. Uh, like you said, uh, with all the other with all the other teams out there. 
No, for sure. Uh, because, uh, yeah, it's been good to see that. Um, do you guys, like, hope to... What other games do you wish you would be into? Because I know you guys right now, you're in Rocket League and Valorant. What games would you like to be more into or more involved? Yeah, I mean, right now, th those are kind of our focuses. Um, and just because, um, number one, I believe in Riot a lot. And then number two, Rocket League, I think, is is one of the best uh, esports out there right now. I think um, there's just um, a lot of really dedicated people in the scene. You know, I think that's one of the cool things that um, I've learned being more into Rocket League. I didn't really know too much about Rocket League when we started esports. Um, and that's actually why we went to Valorant first, because um, there's a couple of people here on on the team, a crew team that play Valorant. So we kind of have a little bit of a better understanding on like what makes somebody good, what makes somebody bad. You know, we don't, we're not experts, but at least uh, we have some idea of what's going on. And then yeah. Rocket League is something that we had to do a lot of research. Um, and, and that's why the, the teams were picked up so far apart was because we had to do a lot of research and learn on like, OK, what makes a good Rocket League team? You know, who are we looking for um, and, and you know how can we be competitive? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, um, in terms of other games, nothing in sites right now. Um, I know apex is a big one. People keep asking us to get into. Um, but I think for esports right now, we're kind of just, um, you know, hard focused on those other two, because, um, like I said, still right now, well, 80% of my week is probably still working on, on the website and making sure that the business runs, um, where, where the esports, uh, you know, can, can kind of live. And I think that's another thing, um, that kind of comes across. I think you mentioned, you know, oh, these orgs are looking for your money, right? Um, you know, it's pretty well known. I don't, I'm sure you guys know, or you guys have heard that you know, esports is pretty not profitable, right? I mean, esports oh, yeah. is, is a, yeah. is really big, uh, marketing play for most people. Um, you know, the only way you make money is either sponsorships, right. Or selling players. Right. And for us, we're not really into the whole game of selling players. Um, you know, when a player leaves, either it's because, you know, we want to support them to, to move on to something bigger, better. Um, you know, obviously you've seen some of our player moves in the past, like they, they personally want to move and we want to support them to do that. Um, you know, we don't want to hold them back or we don't want to, we don't want to lock them into contracts. That's not something that we do. Um, and then on top of that, uh, either, uh, so the other only other way is getting sponsorships, right. And being a small organization, you know, it's really hard to get sponsorships. I mean, um, if you don't have the fan following, you know, the sponsors are, you know, they'll, they'll throw maybe a, a deal here and there, but it's not going to be, um, it's not gonna be something big that's going to be able yeah. to actually support the team. Right. So for us, we mostly like to focus on our business, um, mostly, and, and the business is what fuels the esports. So, um, doing what in doing as much as we can in esports, that makes sense. Right. And that's, and that's kind yeah. of, we're kind of just focused on a few sports right now. It's actually, uh, yeah, a really cool way of looking at it, but yeah, the esports yeah. itself isn't that profitable, but you guys have this external source of income to kind of be able to fuel that. I like that. Yeah, honestly, and if you guys really look at a lot of esports teams, that's kind of how most of them work. I mean, um, if you look at even TSM, right? TSM doesn't doesn't make money on their esports, right? TSM makes money on all their other products, like their their websites and their portfolios that they have, yeah. and all the and the FTX deal, or like you know, investors and stuff like that. Yeah. So those are the kinds of things that you know make TSM money. Um, or if you look at Hundred Thieves, you know, merchandise, like that's where they make all yeah, their money, right? Insane. Oh, merchandise yeah. creators, like sponsorship deals but that's because they signed some pretty large creators right and they're able to do that um so yeah so i mean if you look at some of the big teams like it, it's always kind of something else right and then the esports yeah. is really um what what is what what they use to connect with the fans right mm -hmm. yeah because i've noticed that, like yeah like over the time like i've been following esports each org like is good in their own kind of way because like how you said 100 thieves are yeah. more they're really good at their merchandise and like nrg they're more they're very content heavy like they based a lot of their players, like a lot of their income and like their branding is because of their content, like Asu, Lulu, all that. 
And like, I feel like you guys, you guys even starting off early, you guys have more of that, like, hey, we're, a fa- we're more of a family. We're not anybody crazy. We don't have any, like, as of now, we don't have any huge, huge content creators to back us up on it, but we're just a family. You guys can, uh, like, we just feel like home for the most part. Yeah. And I feel like you guys have done that really, really well for the most part. Do you, when you first start off with eSports, did you ever see other eSports or be like, I could do that better? And that's how, like, that's one of the motivation of doing it. <laughs> For the most part. you know i i hate to sound you know i don't want to sound cocky or anything on on here you know but for me like i think um that's just how my brain works honestly like when i see something i always feel like hey like you know i could do that i could do it better you know what i mean but yeah. um it does come down to resources right like it's like how much time we have right i think mm-hmm. i think that um like i said i don't want to i don't want to too aggressively move into esports just because um you know we may you know, we may fall short if we don't have um, all the time that we could spend in there, right? And the resources yeah. in general, right? So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was part of it. I think it was uh, a lot of different things. I mean, it was interest, obviously. I think I've always been an esports fan, just wanted to see what it would look like to have a team. Um, and then, um, you know, Riot, you know, having Valorant being so new, I think it was something interesting to, to hop into and see, um, you know, what, what, what we could do in the space, you know, while Valorant is still a new game, right? Obviously, franchising came so much faster than we thought. You know, we actually thought that it was still about a year out. Um, but I think that, um, I think it's been a, it has been a really cool experience to just learn everything about esports and get into the industry, meet people, you know. Um, there's a ton of different reasons, I think, that esports has been, um, you know, something really cool that we've been able to do. I like it. Uh, you, I think you're putting it in a very good, like, very upfront but like in a good way i feel like because a lot of people like a lot of uh, people in the industry they make it like very stressful but for you you're like you know it's not profitable but this is how i see it because it, of- al- it almost feels like it's more like a passion project than which i think is a very good thing yeah because you're like yeah no and I, I, saying, I don't think i think that's one of the big things that um like I said, it, it makes it, uh, I'm gonna say easier, but it, it makes it more genuine for us, right? Mm-hmm. Because number one, I'm, I'm really transparent, right? Like I like to be as transparent as possible um, with the players, definitely um, with the rest of the org and um, even with the public, right? Like I, I, as long as, you know, Ride says I can say it or like, you know, and, and, you know, it's nothing like too crazy that we're trying to reveal or anything like that. No, I try to be as, as upfront as possible. And uh, yeah, like yeah. you said, hopefully that's coming through to you guys. You know, we, we try to be as real as, as possible. Um, but then, um, you know, on the, uh, and on the flip side of that, you know, um, I think it helps drive the, the, like you said, the family aspect, the competitive aspect, all these other kind of things that have been coming positive out of our team is because we don't have, we don't really worry about like, okay, we need to make money. Cause one of the biggest, um, you know, one of the biggest, uh, drivers for uh, a lot of these two or tier two orgs, um, is that they need to make money. Right. And yeah. so, um, a good bit of them, I know, um, I know the owners and stuff, you know, they literally make money on flipping players. So they'll, they'll bring in a player, they'll build them up. And it sounds, it sounds bad. I guess it, I don't want to put it in a negative connotation. I think yeah. it's that, you know, that's just how they operate. Right? They bring in players, they build them up, they build on the branding and then they sell them to a bigger org. And I think that is a really viable business model. Um, but because we don't have to worry about that, we can spend a lot of time building our team, you know, making them, um, you know, making them, uh, kind of have that team cohesion um, and spending the time to have them, uh, you know, win, you know, and, and yeah. really just focus on that. Um, so I think that um, I think that that is something is, is really unique about the kind of the way that we approach things. Mm-hmm. So I know you had like a lot of uh, big name players like Com and like Kempeki when they wanted to. Uh, was it mostly their decisions when they wanted to go to EG and Sentinels or was it more of just like, 
did you uh, did you talk to them beforehand and be like hey we just want to know like how do you feel about the team what do you want to do and all that before you like or were they approached by eg and sentinel be like hey we want to buy your player of course and that kind of stuff i mean as much as you can say of course yeah, yeah, yeah of course no and and um no yeah i mean like i said it 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 is mostly up to the player most of the time. You know, we we personally would want to keep the t- keep players and keep the team uh, as it is and have them practice and have them be uh, you know have them put in the in the hours right. That is kind of our um, the way that we operate, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, when teams approach us and they're like, hey, you know, we want to buy your player, a lot of the times, you know, moving to a big org is what the players want, right? The you know stability, yeah. um, competitive, competitive competitiveness um uh and just kind of uh you know moving on to a big or and not not to say that we can't be that big or we can't be that competitive it's just that we're not there yet we're so new you know we're um if you guys really look at it we're less than a year old you know we're not even out we we haven't even been moving on for a year yet um and so having our players move into bigger orgs and like i said i never want to be that person that holds you back you know it just it's just not it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth like you know if you like if you're out here in the real world and like i said coming from tech right like um if i you know work at some small company and i wanted to move to work at google or facebook or whatever you know i wouldn't you know my my boss would never stop me from doing that they would actually really promote me um you know they'd be like hey like hey you know either either i could pay you more which for us like i said in our situation with our budget you know we can't be paying some of these huge salaries that these these uh big orgs are paying right um so the, uh, the other option for us is just to support you and like hey we want to make this happen um you know we want you to you know live your dream man like move on to whatever big team you can um and until that until a crew is you know ready to offer you know what you need um you know we'll keep grinding we'll keep building we'll we'll do what we can how uh how much of a difference was it because you said you came from tech right and like i have family members who come from tech as well and they tell me about the stories regarding that how much of a difference was it to change so like was it like the workload and how was like the management how was like just connecting with people because like those two fields are kind of the same where like you need to know people and also your work ethic is crazy like they they require a lot of work ethic regarding that. So how were you able to transfer some of the skills from tech to the esports scene? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, work ethic is just aside from everything. Honestly, I think work ethic is um, no matter what industry you're in, you need work ethic, right? So I I wouldn't even say that really translates like that. It's 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 whoever's willing to put in the hours is gonna uh, is gonna make it, right? And you can see that in every every single industry out there. Um, I would say what the transferable things that I think, um, you know, honestly in tech that are better than esports right now, it's just a, really the logistics and, and kind of what I mentioned before about how quote unquote legit everything is, um, you know, making sure that everything is done by contract, making sure that you're paying your people on time, making sure those are almost kind of like basic things in tech that I feel like esports is still catching up to. Right. Um, and esports, um, for how developed it is and how long it's been around, I think that it has so much further to go, right? There's yeah. so, uh, and even when you compare it to something like, or definitely when you compare it to something like traditional sports, right? Um, and coming from the outside and not being from the esports industry, I definitely see that big gap. Um, and that was one of the things that we talked about in our Valorant partnership, actually pretty, pretty hefty, is just talking about that gap between traditional sports and um, esports, where, um, you know, we see esports obviously has a ton of advantages over traditional sports, but there's just so many things that are missing. And I think one of the things 
um, that we talked about the most is kind of that pipeline of becoming a pro, right? Um, one of the things that we don't often think about is, right, why are some players so selfish? Why are there uh, such a small pool of like really good coaches out there, um, Valorant, League, everything, right? And it's because honestly, nowhere out there, I would say nowhere out there, maybe Korea, I don't know, I'm not super familiar with Korea, but um, yeah. there isn't a, a, a really good way to for a kid to have a dream to be an esports player and have them walk through that, right? So. For example, you know, if you wanted to be a football player, man, you could you could know you want to be a football player at like four years old and have that exact path laid out for you. You know, going to inter intramural camps, you know, get, getting to high school varsity, you know, going play in college and then eventually getting drafted to the NFL. Right. Yeah. That stuff is exactly laid out for you since you're like from the day that you're like four or five years old. Right. Camps, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so for being an esports player, it's like, hey, you know. This kid, maybe he's 16, 15, you know, he was playing games in his room his entire life, you know, from, you know, birth till now. And he's just really good, but he's never been on a team. He's never had practices. He's never had a coach to inspire him. They're like those, all those things are kind of like things that, um, that, that are missing from esports that will make, you know, really quality players. And, and I would yeah. say like, honestly, majority of the top players that I've talked to or I've seen like have gone through some kind of process where they they have some kind of traditional um you know training or they're just they they have the discipline right those, mm -hmm. those things are not learned from esports i'll tell you that and so um you know them being able to bring things from outside their industry outside the gaming industry into esports um has helped them become really amazing players or amazing teams right so yeah um yeah and I, i'd say but from tech to tech to esports, uh, I really think it's mostly like um, just doing everything really, uh, you know, really officially. I feel like um, that's one of the biggest things. Uh, at least tier two and like um, some of the lower tier ones can can learn from from tech. Which is an interesting thing because uh, I talked to a management from uh, TSM like Ali, and uh, I was talking to her, and then I was telling her I was like, "Do you guys just sign any pros?" Because um, until uh, but like not and like. Compared to 2013 to compared to now for esports, not only players are they good, we need to be good, you need to be brandable as well. You need to be like entertaining yeah. and all that as well. So, like, is it hard for you to find someone? Because you can see someone like, oh, this guy has like 30K view, uh, followers on Twitter. He's, he's a cracked player, but he's kind of boring. So, like, you, but like, we also like, they also say, like, for a brand, for smarter, for a brand, like, for some reason, you have like Sabrosa and you have like a Dapper and you have all of them, like, they're entertaining people as well. Plus, they're cracked yeah. as well in their game. So do you guys uh, try to find that as well when it comes to branding? Because I know that helps because if they're entertaining, they promote your brand because any, promote, uh, any publicity is good publicity. So yeah. that, would you guys look at that as well when it comes to looking at a player as well? Because I feel like times have changed in esports now where you need to be funny, you need to be entertaining. Also, you need to be cracked yeah, on, top to be of, good. Yeah. on top of that. Yeah. I think um, it's funny you say that. Um, I think... <sighs> Yeah, I think that's how NA is now. Honestly, I think it it, it is what it is, right? Like you see Sentinels signing. Um, um, I'm like blanking on the name, um, but but they uh, obviously they saw, uh, Shroud, right? Yeah, like yeah. Sentinels sh signing Shroud, right? That's a pure like clout move, right? I mean, like he's only playing LCQ, right? I mean, not to say Shroud isn't cracked, like he's good, he's great, but there's no way he's playing pro. And he also has said multiple times on stream that he doesn't really want to go pro, right? So signing Shroud is a is a 
is a great move on Sentinel's part. You know, they're going to be able to really push like their fandom even harder, right? Yeah. Um, but I think for us as a small org, it's really hard to make those kinds of plays. Number one, we don't have the money, right? I mean, I think that that's the biggest thing. If you want to sign somebody who's entertaining and cracked, you've got to have a lot of money, right? Especially in Valorant. Um, so for us, you know, when we look at it, of course we I, we take into account, you know, entertaining, but I. I personally don't think that it's a major factor for us. In, in in reality, for us as a small org, our main focus is to win. And 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 really, like I said, the money isn't coming from our esports team. Um, so that's what allows us to focus on picking up players that are going to win, right? So we purely focus on skill. We want to we want to be out there. We want to make sure we win. Um, and uh, that's what we've been doing so far. And I been working on and off right obviously there's there's been some um hiccups or some hills along the way for us to qualify for vct um but uh but yeah i mean i think in total like has been in general working out for us um that methodology yeah because <laughs> speaking of vct i made a, i don't know if you saw me i made a bet with lincoln he got me to a crew merch which by the way fire though i love the, the merchandise they're great <laughs> he also promised me a jersey you, by the you. way he also promised me a jersey but he said you guys are not signed yet <laughs> So I'm still expecting. Yeah, yeah, they're tough to come by. I mean, honestly, that's another thing, right? Like um, in esports, like the things around esports are are really tough to get by. Like um, easy, like you know, jersey, uh, you know, jersey production and stuff like that. Unless you're a big team, you're selling lots of stuff. Um, it's really hard to get some of these uh, more custom pieces out. Um, the regular March, I mean, obviously, like hoodies and stuff is really easy to get by, but jerseys, it's been um, pretty pretty tough uh, with all the supply chain uh, problems. Oh yeah, uh, the yeah. supply chain problems. Um, you know, it's it's been really hard to to get things right. Yeah, because I know another reason uh, esports brands like are so big because depending on the jerseys design as well. Because I know G two has their like country different logos. They have like a Spanish uh, one for Spain, Poland. Uh, like New Zealand and all that, they have different ones. So they're like they're really touching on their fan base because like they're they're like diverse in their own that kind of way. So I feel like the jerseys is one of the biggest thing. I feel like I think you guys have just like that's the one thing you guys need. But I know you guys said you're struggling on that one a little bit because I feel like you guys were uh, like sell a lot of jerseys because you're uh, surprisingly your jersey design is very very nice. Like we, uh, I see. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, I made it myself, so you know. Thank (laughs) you, I appreciate that. (laughs) So yeah, it's been uh, and. Yeah, that's one of the jersey. That's one of the things that I've noticed with the uh, esports in general. So it's been nice to see that also as well. Yeah, that people are actually taking the jerseys, I guess, seriously, even though you don't really see them all that much. Yeah, I feel like but... they, you don't you don't go to a cafe and you see someone with like a TSM jersey and all that shit. It's like only <laughs> in only if you go to an esports event. So I've noticed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's nothing, right? Like, I honestly think that um, we think they're cool. And a lot of us think they're cool. Gamers think they're cool. But not not a lot of too too many regular people are rocking the are rocking the esports jerseys because yeah. I have talked to a lot of people there. They think they're ugly straight up. You know, I think it's oh, funny. Really? Um, so, yeah, it's it's your fashion is a whole th- thing, man. You know, and maybe it is what it maybe it's just because it's associated with esports. Who knows? Um, but, but there's a long way to go. And I think, I think, like I said, I think, um, big fan of hundred thieves. I think hundred thieves is, is really killing it in that space where they're just trying new stuff, you know, they're with their fashion and like e- like gaming fashion. Like they're really changing that whole, the whole idea of what it is to be like a, a, a gaming person in their fashion. So I think that, um, yeah, I, I think we're making waves in it, but, uh, it, it isn't there yet where like the average person is buying an esports jersey cause they think it looks cool. Mm-hmm. What? Oh, you go. Oh, I was going to say, do you play any of the games that you guys have teams for? 
Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, I play Valorant. Um, I, I've played Rocket League in the past. I don't play Rocket League anymore. But that's just because it's so hard, man. Honestly, Rocket League is a, a freaking hard game, man. It's I mean, hard. you got to oh, yeah. put respect on the guy, the pros out there. Like, you watch these guys. They're, like, dribbling the ball midair, like, hitting the boosts and stuff like that. And I think it's pretty crazy what they're doing out there. Um, of course, Valorant, too. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm terrible at Valorant. I'm in bronze. It is what it is. Um, it's funny. It'll be funny, though, to play and, like, see people recognize me and be like, there's no way that's you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, there's no way you're in a crew and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I love, I love Valorant. Um, I don't have too, many time, too much time to play games, so Valorant is actually, like, a perfect game for me to play because I can always play it for, like, an hour, two hours. Like, you know, that's it. Like, yeah. um, and, and shut it off. Um, but, um um but yeah no definitely i mean i i love valorant i think it's super exciting to watch too it's um because i used to be super big in a league back in college when i had more time um so i used to play like hours and hours and hours a league but i think that um you know having been fans of for both esports i think that valorant is much easier to watch and i think that it is yeah. moving in the right direction for like the esport like the the number one esport right yeah, yeah. would you 100%. ever want a league spot and the LCS and all I can afford it, man. No, no, just, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Sure. Want one? Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. I mean, it's the it's the biggest esport out there. I think it's it's fantastic, um, but it's really tough, man. I mean, it's um, I know you know uh, again can't talk about this too much, but I know a couple of people who are vying for for EG spot back way before EG picked theirs up, and uh, it's it's pretty tough. It's really really tough um, to get a spot. I'll tell you that it's uh, ride is really tough. Um, it's really expensive, obviously. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, um, overall, I think it's, I, but I think it is the biggest esport. I mean, they, they, Riot is the only company who has successfully done that. Right. I mean, if you look at, um, Starcraft and Blizzard, I mean, who watches Starcraft anymore, you know, Dota, yeah, so sure. They have, they, it's funny. Dota always talks about how they have so many numbers and their pot is so big, but it's like, Dota, the pot is like half crowdfunded or something like that. And yeah. then on top of that, like um, their numbers are like only for the one event they have the entire year. Right. Yeah. So it's like it's it, it's that's the whole thing. Right? I think it's um, Riot is really right now the only company that cares and Riot is the only well, cares and cares a lot, I guess. I mean, obviously, every company is trying to do esports um, and Riot is the only company doing it right. So yeah, um, yeah. I think that's um, that. I, I think that's why League has been so successful these last like uh, 10, 10 plus years now. Yeah, mm -hmm. like twelve years or something. Yeah, because I've noticed is like they're one of the only because you CS:GO like they have franchising, but like there's like relegations and all that. So no. that's that's a whole different thing. That's impossible. I mean, you know, yeah, exactly. Like talk about the other ones: Overwatch dead, Call of Duty dead. Um, you know, and like um, and then exactly you said. Um, you know, uh, it's it's just even these companies have tons and tons of money. Like it's not just money. You know what I mean? It's, it's about like people who actually care. Yeah. It's like the money can only drive so much because like if the players are just not happy, it's like, all right, like, do you, do you still want to play? Do you not like, because I feel like that's another issue. A lot of like fans, because I feel like Valorant has brought in a, like a wave of new fans, like people into yeah, sports from everywhere, like, from everywhere. But also, oh, yeah. like, they don't understand that. Like, like esports is like not as, as sunshines and rainbows as is because like, one yep. like not even not minus the financial side you have to make sure that players are happy if the players are happy with the other players and the coaches and then if you they like the work ethic if they like even enjoy playing the game because you'll definitely see someone like for example nitro he came played for a year and was like i'm just not happy with the game anymore yeah. i just love to see us go it's just like yep. something like that. i yep. mean that's a different story that's a big on a bigger scale but it's just like you got to ask them because a lot of these kids are i'm aspiring to like how you said before it's like all oh, these 15 16 year olds 
like, oh, they're inspired. They really want to play a video game, but then they'll actually try to scrim. They'll try to practice, and they're yeah. like, oh, okay, I can't do this for eight hours straight. And then, oh yeah, I mean, it's it's so much work. You know, you got to be you got to put in the hours, and then that's what I'm saying. Like worth that work ethic, whether you're on the business side, whether you're on the player side, work ethic is is the mo- number one thing, right? You got to be willing to practice, man. I mean, um, you know, some of these kids think they could just play ranked and then pop out on the other side and, and be a pro, and it's not. Yeah. That's definitely not the case. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. Yeah, ranked is like completely different. I feel like in every game as well. I feel like, uh, for example, Rocket League, Rocket League, 100%. You can't just go in because if you're cracked, like, highest rank, you can't just come in into the pro scene and yeah. be like, oh, I can do this easily. It's like, no, you have to, team, you have to like, synergize with the two other players if you're playing threes. You have to, like, synergize with them because, I don't know, like, funny enough, I love watching Rocket League because I can see them. They don't talk at all. They just know what to do, which is, that's like, kind of crazy, which is the interesting fact about, I feel like that's why uh, Rocket League is such a, not an easy game to brand, but it's just, like, a good game to brand out. Cause like, no, hundred percent. Um, it, I, it, like rocket league is 100% easier to brand and to get sponsors for than than Valorant be, um, because of the gun situation, because number one, oh. Valorant is so complex. League of legends also really complex. Both games, incredibly complex, right? Yeah. Um, league way more so than Valorant, but even Valorant, you know, you'd have to know what kind of guns are in there, you know, what kind of abilities and the agents are always changing. They're adding new agents. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, rocket league is is soccer with cars um that's literally yeah, you know what it comes down to digestible. and uh, and it's really easy to pitch to people um because there's no guns in it and like i said guns is a big part like um in a lot of countries um really? guns are very taboo right i mean like um especially asian countries like korea japan um even though valorant is really big there um yeah. you know no one out there is allowed to own a gun right so it's not very normal it's less normal than in the U.S., yeah. which is, you know, a whole another debate whether that's a good or a bad thing. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, but let's not get into that. But um, but um, but I think that, um, yeah, just having just just exactly like I said, like having that kind of separation is makes Rocket League a much more brandable game. Um, and you can get, you know, it's very kid friendly. You know, you can have kids brands come in. You can have, um, you know, a lot a lot more opportunities to to get sponsorships because of how simple and how um, and family friendly Rocket League is. Yeah. What is your dream brand that you want to be sponsored by? Like that one brand's like, fuck. Dream I brand. Love, I would love to be sponsored by them. It could be something oh, crazy man. or something simple. Honestly, I'll tell you this. That I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, cut any ties there. My, my dream brand is to be sponsored by myself. Okay. And that's what I'm saying where it's like, in reality, um, my dream for the team is like, we make so much money on the business side that I don't even have to really think about how much I spend, spend on the esports side. Right. Like I, um, I tell this people all the time. I, I'm, I'm not really into investors. I think, you know, even coming from tech, right. Tech, you hear about like, you know, venture capitalists and you hear about people investing all the time. Right. Um, you know, all the biggest companies are built on investments. But for me, you know, talking to friends and talking to people and, you know, not every company is Facebook. Not every company is, you know, sure. Instagram, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna take all this investment and be a banger. And that's why they're called unicorns because they're so rare. Right. Yeah. Um, so for us, like, I really didn't want to take investment. I really wanted to see, you know, what can we do just us? You know, this is, this is the money we make. This is what we do. Um, and I want to continue kind of running on that train, you know, and, and if it takes us longer to get to, you know, you know, being a huge org and being as big as we want to be, um, I think that's fine. You know, I, I want to work at our own pace. I, and, and like I said, I think the team, it's not that yeah, you know, I expected the team to be this good. I, I'm not going to say I'm a master at esports, right? I think um, 
it went unexpectedly well. And that was one of the most amazing and one of the most amazing experiences, you know, I've had is that crazy rise that we had. Yeah. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm cool with working at the pace that we can work at, um, just to make sure that, uh, we can do things the way that we want to do them. Cause as soon as you take sponsorship, as soon as you take investment, they can tell exact, they can tell you exactly what they want you to do. Right. Um, and you have to listen to them. You, you took their money, yeah. you know? Um, whereas for us, like, you know, we, um, we're, we're kind of running our own train right now. Have you had a, ever a sponsor come up to you and like offer you a sponsorship, but at the same time, like the things they wanted you to do was like, we're not, that's not us or that that's not how we run shit. Um, no, not really. I would say, I'd say less. So it's more so like just like categories that we're not into. And even, even like right straight up blocks, these categories like crypto and like casinos and but gambling. And stuff. That's mostly more. Sorry. What's up? I think league is sponsored by like, they're sponsored by a crypto company though. That's what's the crazy. Yeah. Part. But it's like, um, the whole thing is like, it's, uh, it, it's like, you have to get approval from riot. Right. I think crypto, like most crypto stuff, they're not going to be cool with, but obviously there's some bigger crypto, um, you know, things like FTX obviously, or like yeah. crypto.com or crypto arena. Like there are some big companies that they're cool with Coinbase, stuff like that. Um, but I know that, um, majority of crypto stuff, um, we like to stay away from and just, being in gaming in general right so we're not because we're not just in esports we're in gaming in general like mm -hmm. knowing the whole nft world knowing about all rug pulls and all these and also even oh, before yeah. nfts you know icos like just being in tech and knowing about that um because icos and nfts basically the same thing honestly um and so being in that space and just knowing you know how much variability there is in crypto right now um is it, it's just enough for us to stay away from it. Um, and yep. same thing with gambling, like it's a gambling, um, you know, we've been approached by a lot of gambling sites and stuff like that. And we're just like, no, nah, like, you know, it's just safer to stay away from that stuff. We don't yeah, need yeah. the money. Yeah. It's basically, it would be nice to kind of supplement us and, and, and help us out, um, to pay for the team. Um, but for now we're just like, yeah, we don't, we don't really want to stick to any of that stuff, but no, nobody that's like, Oh yeah, you have to do this, this and this. And we're like, nah, like that's not us. Like we don't want to do that. No, yeah. nobody yet. Happy to hear that. Well, we're reaching the end of the uh, interview. Well, so, we have traditional sure, sure, questions. Sure. Traditional Every question. guest, we have traditional questions we always ask. And it's okay. so funny and we need to... So take this seriously. Very serious very, questions. Yeah, very serious. Very serious questions. Okay. Uh, first question. Do you know what a bidet is? Yes. Okay. What is your opinion on it? Good or bad? Love them. I have one. Yes. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Yes. He's like he's like the first one in like three interviews though that that said yes. That said yes. So I have a day. It's and they, funny, man. I think it's uh, once you go to Japan and you use the Japanese toilet, you can never go back. So, uh, see, I I have yet to this this kid though. So the thing for me is I'm from the Middle East and everybody there's bidets everywhere. Every household, every yeah. restaurant has a bidet. So for me, it's like in our in our tradition or like our culture. We always like there's always one in the house, always, right? Yeah. So then they always give me shit for it because it's like, dude, it's so weird. And then like I have to explain to them like how beneficial it is as a whole. So it's know. a cultural thing, man. It's a cultural thing, hundred percent. You know, I think, um, like I said, like I, I growing up, I grew, you know, I grew up here. I was born here, um, you know, um, in right outside of DC, um, and so I never used it. But my mom, you know, she's she's from uh, Vietnam, and she's she's used it over there. She lived in Paris for a little bit. Like everybody in Europe has one, you know. Um, so it, it's a lot, a lot more common um, outside the U.S. Basically, pretty much everywhere outside the U.S. Other than yeah. like. Um, other, yeah, other than the U S but like, um, I know Asia, pretty much everybody has one and yeah. in Europe, a lot of people have one in Europe. So it's, it's pretty common. 
So yeah, I've been telling these guys. I'm like, it's definitely not just not expensive. an American thing. <laughs> yeah, they think like it's like this big thing. I'm like, nah, bro. It's like thirty bucks. Put that shit in your toilet. That's it. You're gone. Like, that's yeah, honestly- exactly. They make them. They make them really affordable nowadays. You get one on Amazon that just like literally hooks onto your toilet. Um, yeah. You don't even have to buy the fancy Japanese toilets. The toilet, like Japanese toilets. Um, I don't have a Japanese toilet. I have one of the add-ons, yeah. but my friend has a Japanese toilet. She will, you know, open up, say hi to you, you know, and like, uh, what and, the and, fuck? Like, dry you off. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Imagine like 2 a.m. You got to go piss and it just says hello to you as you oh. walk in to go. It literally does. It literally does. I mean, <laughs> I, my friend, like I'll walk, um, you know, I'll open the door and the shit will just open up and be like, hey, what's up? Like, you know, you're, it's ready for you. <laughs> how trippy it is when you're like imagine like you're drunk 2 a.m you come home and it just starts talking you're like what the fuck (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh all right all right our other uh question is do you drink boba like boba yeah, tea. Of course. Yeah, what's yeah, your, yeah. What's definitely. your boba order? Go to. Like you go in. My you're boba like- order, I so I used to you know be a regular boba drinker, but now I, I only see only drink fruit teas now. And it's funny because okay. you can barely kind of call it boba because I don't ever get uh actual boba. Like I don't get pearls. Okay. Um because it's just like a lot of carbs, number one, man. You know, I'm getting up there, yeah, you, know, fills get, you, you know, you gotta watch the weight. <laughs> um and then on top of that it's just not i, I don't know I'm, i don't i'm not a big fan of it anymore like just the chewiness and stuff like that so yeah. usually i get i get a, a fruit tea uh my go-to recently has been like anything passion fruit or anything mango um okay. green teas or black teas and then um aloe vera if you guys never tried it so um wow. they they chop up the aloe vera it's kind of like little cubes so it's like same similar size of the boba when you but it goes in and it's like very refreshing very light and then i always get like um like 50% sugar or even like sometimes yeah. 30% sugar. Some of these places okay. make it really sweet. Yeah. Right. I like the cool. answers. Good answers. Good answers. I've like a lot of good boba. Very specific, man. Every place I, I go, like that's usually what I get. So yeah, because we're like boba fiends. So we're always like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Let's just ask the, let's ask the, because we had some people, uh, George Geddes, he just doesn't drink boba. He just, he doesn't like it. Dude, George Geddes, he doesn't eat anything, man. Come on. Bro, let's, he's let's so British. Real. It's crazy. I'll he's tell so you, British. I'll tell you right now. British cuisine, I'll say this on record, British cuisine, probably the worst cuisine out of the entire hot world. Take. Like literally. Hot like, take. The, the hot take, hot take the most blandest. Like every good food I've had in the UK or London is like another culture's food, right? Like not UK food, you know what I mean? Even yeah. in America, we've got burgers, right? Or we've got, you know, um, like really, Pizza, really chicken. like... Yeah, we, we've got some pretty American stuff over here. And I'm not saying American food is the best either. Definitely not. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, like UK food, very bland, man. Very, very whatever. <laughs> no, I get that. Because he was like telling me, he's like, no, nah, I don't even drink that stuff. I don't like it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like every like that ship like blew up ever since COVID. I feel like like the, the stocks for boba has just increased. And I feel oh, like yeah. everyone I mean, has I've been drinking boba since, man, I've been drinking boba since like what? Like 20... 2012 like 10 years now so yeah yeah, yeah. no all right yeah, it helps being asian all the asians love their boba you know so it is what it is <laughs> for sure all right i think that's the end of the question body chance thank you for having uh, thank you for coming on yeah. it's been a great like for sure. actually like like seeing your perspective on like how esports is and how to run the business actually like, makes it easier and feel like it's digestible 
So like you make it you yeah. make it sound easy, but of course it's not that yeah. easy. But you no, make it sound no. easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say it's definitely it's definitely not easy. Um, hundred percent. That if I made it seem that way, uh, good. I guess I, I I like the word you said. I like I like making it digestible, but it's definitely not easy running esports oh, org. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot of hours, takes a lot of effort, and and like you said, managing all the different pieces of it is is the biggest challenge. So for sure. So you would you like to plug in anything? Promote your Twitter? Anything with regard? Do you have any future plans? Any future projects for Accrue? Yeah, yeah. Follow, uh, follow us at, at Accrue HQ on everything. Um, we try to make everything consistent. Um, follow me on Twitter, Squish Quinn. Um, you know, uh, it's a, like the first part is Squish, the end of and the end of Penguin, literally Squishy Penguins. Um, oh. You've had the name since middle school. Um, and uh, other than that, yeah, I mean, we'll be posting everything that we're doing on a crew. So that's that's the best place to follow us. Cool. All right. Thank you guys oh. for listening. Appreciate it. Love you.